When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Fanatical L Show, part of the L Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in. Good evening and welcome to a special edition of the Fanatical Shows. We are joined tonight with our special guest, Paul Brown, all the way from England. And I believe he's in front of Buckingham Palace. I'm your host, John Succi, and I'm here with Steve Gill and Elliot Cannell. And we are part of the Fanatical Elves Network, and we are so excited to have you here, Paul. Welcome, Paul, and Buckingham Palace. Hey guys, how is everyone? Here's a live update, just for you guys at Buckingham Palace. There you okay. go. Great. Awesome. This that is, is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, we're having trouble seeing a little bit. We see black. Oh, sorry. I haven't got my headphones, so uh, apologies. Uh, uh, I'm putting the uh, speaker by my ear. So, uh, But less about Buckingham Palace, more about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> Well, All Paul, right. we really appreciate you joining us. We, you are a super fan that uh, Browns fans know you around the world, and I've had the a pleasure to talk to you a couple times on a, a couple previous podcasts on my Johnny Cleveland show, and we have this new Fanatical Elves Network and uh, got some great contributors here with uh, Elliot and Steve, and we're just happy to have you here. We're, we're going to talk about the Brownies, and our training camp is starting uh, here mm-hmm. momentarily. And we've got the new white alternative jerseys to talk about. So uh, we're all excited about that. So, guys, we're going to, you know, we have these new uh, alternative uh, jerseys that came out early in the week. I know some of you have already talked about it on your own shows. Um, But they're looking pretty snazzy, pretty spiffy, clean cut. And they're going back to the old 1946 white helmets that they wore. Uh, when, when they initially uh, started as a franchise. So how do you feel about it, uh, Paul? Uh, let's start with you since you're our special guest. Yeah, I love them. I think 10 out of 10. They look very, very good. It reminds me of the um, 
colour rush jerseys when Baker Mayfield won that time. So uh, hopefully it brings some good luck, uh, which we need. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing playing them. What what's the first game? Is the Steelers a, the Steelers game they're going to be worn right? Yes. Monday night football over there in Pittsburgh. Hopefully it'll bring uh, the Brownies some some extra luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be at the game, so I'm super pumped. Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm coming out to Cleveland for week one and week two. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be there in Pittsburgh for that game. That's oh, fantastic. That's... For, for fans, you know, may not realize yes. this. A lot of people may not know. We know, but fans may not know that uh, Paul Brown – of England is probably the preeminent football fan of the Cleveland Browns in the United Kingdom. He is the guy for the entire nation. He is our our ambassador, and uh, we respect him greatly. And he's a fantastic fellow and also knows quite a bit about American football. So we respect his wow. opinions on oh, all matters. I wouldn't go that far. You guys know a lot more than me. but um, I, like <laughs> well, I didn't say that you knew more and, than uh, us, but I just said that you knew a lot. <laughs> well, I know a little, but um, I've got to say, there's over a 1,000 Cleveland Browns fans here in the UK. I like to try wow. and be humble, and uh, we're all equal. Um, but, yeah, I'm always there repping the Cleveland Browns here in London. You're one in a million, man. I'll tell you what. We we follow your adventures religiously in social media, and uh, you are the man. We love you to pieces. And, so and you are the most you accom- Paul, you are the most accommodating guest. I've always said this to anybody that I, I've had a chance to talk to you before, but you are always accommodating, always uh, follow up. Um, and I, I got the uh, uh, StreamYard uh, link to Paul a little bit late tonight, so... <laughs> Thank you, Paul, for... Uh... No, no worries. Look, um, <laughs> honestly, um, honestly, um, if, if I was a bit more organized, I'd have my headphones on and I'd have my Browns gear on. But um, I know you wanted to do it now, so I literally just jumped on live. And um, That's I'm great. literally five minutes away from home. I could, if you want, jump off for five minutes get sure. my headphones on and okay. then, uh, speak to you properly right. if that works. That, that, that'll okay. be, come on back and we'll join come us in, in five if you. Be perfect. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll okay. see you in five minutes, guys. And okay. look, Thanks, Paul. Buckingham Palace has turned the lights off because they know I'm leaving. Yeah, Go it was awesome to see Buckingham <laughs> see Palace. That was worth it. That, that was really, really <laughs> that fantastic. Was really... <laughs> yeah, they have a brown We are now an international podcast. This is... This is pretty big time. No, we, we really appreciate Paul. Hopefully he can come back on in a little bit. But um, I, you know, and other shows that we've done uh, with my Johnny Cleveland show over the years, when I first started that podcast, Paul actually came on twice and um, just a fun guest. So it just, you can see that if you, if you, if you're listening or if you're watching this, uh, when this comes out on YouTube or Twitter. So, um, so you guys, uh, the, the white jerseys, um, Steve, what do you think? Are you happy? Are they split? Well, they, they wore the white uniforms last year with the orange helmet. Uh, they just debuted the, the white helmet, which, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that. Oh, that's right. Was look, up, look up pictures of Marion Motley and Otto Graham, and they're wearing white helmets. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's a really clean look. I like it. I'm not a big uniform guy, you know, as long as they win. <laughs> they yeah, can, they could wear whatever the heck they want. 
Well, and but, you know, yeah, I it's, to- it's a really nice look. I mean, you know, yeah. Seattle came out with their uh, throwbacks, and today the Colts came back with what they call their Indiana Knights uniform, which is all blue. Uh, so this is the week, you know, before training camps start officially next week, our training camps this weekend, this is uniform week. Yes. Um, and when you sell, the, the, uh, sell franchises week, the idea that, that, you know, this new uniform, I mentioned it on the Johnny Cleveland, I did a little special 10 minute show when we talked about the uniforms, but you know, you and I, we all know this, like when we go out and about and we go on a, like a, like out to dinner or date night or we're you know, or we do and have an important business meeting or we go to work and we dress up. Sometimes you feel a little bit more special and maybe you, uh, you know, you perform a little bit better. And uh, maybe the Browns, when they're wearing these uniforms, it'll inspire them. <laughs> Watch out Pittsburgh Steelers in week two. Elliot, yeah, what do you got, think? They're, they're wearing them for the Steelers, the 49ers, and then uh, the last game, the Jets. Those yes. are the three. Yeah, Elliot, I, what do you think about everything? I'd like to um, maybe add a cautionary note. To, uh, I'm sensitive to those who want the Browns to remain traditional, not get too outlandish. And mm-hmm. some people didn't realize, uh, as Steve pointed out, that the white helmet is traditional and that we did wear the white helmet uh, in 1946. And I'm not sure when they stopped. We stopped in 51. 51. 51. Yeah, I was going to guess it was 52, but okay, 51. I mean, we started so wearing the orange helmets in, in 52. In the NFL, yeah. the Browns wore white helmets, so this is traditional. It's not something uh, yeah, the other wacky. Thing, yeah. But yeah, I, what I mean to say is that I think that in the future, it's good to have uh, well-styled uniforms, um, but we don't want to see them get too wacky and start having green uniforms or something like that or gold or who knows what. So um, I, th- I think uh, that as long as they maintain the basic Cleveland Browns uh, traditional style, I think it's all good. And yeah, I, I yeah. want to just assure the fans that we believe that, in fact, what they're doing is traditional within those guidelines. And uh, that's, it's a good thing. It looks sharp and uh, the team can be proud of what they've done. They've done a good job with it. Uh, my personal opinion is I approve of what they've done. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I, I, I like that take. Um, the, uh, some teams like the college teams, like Penn state, like the pro teams, like the Cincinnati Bengals, a few folks came out and were discussing when the Browns came out with their uniforms and seemed a little bit annoyed. And my, my thought on it, and maybe you can correct me on this, Steve, or, Elliot, historically, though, I mean, the Browns likely, I can't imagine they were the only team wearing white helmets in the 1940s and 50s. <laughs> it was probably a pretty common uh, helmet and color. So I find it just amusing that, you know, some folks are like, well, they're stealing the Penn State helmet. No, no, not really. this get is out of here. We had the helmet in 1946. Yeah. You know, go- Take your helmet and you can do what with it. it. You know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) That's an utterly ridiculous comment because the Browns have had it since 1946. That's just ignorant about football tradition. 
you don't know what you're talking about. I know that's it's just it's surprising. Now, I did talk to a recent Penn State fan that I know here in town in Columbus, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we really like what the Browns did." I mean, they're yeah. they're not not offended by. No, what, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Penn State's. I like Penn State's traditional uniform also. Yes, but the people should cannot possibly complain if somebody else has a like a traditional concept that harkens to the 1940s as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, they cool. were not the only team that played football in the 1940s. Come on. Now so I wrote in my article or something I wrote recently about, Hey, you know, they won the, they, they won eight titles between 46 and 64 and five of those were with the white helmets. So there you go. No. <laughs> Right, I know. Um, so guys, I just want again, if you're watching us on live here um on our fanatical elf show tonight, we have our special guest Paul Brown, uh, who's gonna be coming back to us. He just was live from Buckingham Palace, which is I'm blown away right now. I'm sitting back going, Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. We're an international I was blown away. Who knew King Charles was a Browns fan? I mean, I come on, I didn't know that. Um, so we're part of the Fanatical Elves Network Thank you all of you who are following us If you're listening to us on our podcast You can follow us, this is really important Follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify Con uh, You know, uh, Subscribe, follow Just hit the, hit the follow button On your iPhone And anytime an, a, a new show comes up For our Fanatical Elves uh, net Network That show will pop up so like when I wake up in the morning, my phone, I turn on my phone, I might have a listing of two or three different podcasts I listen to, and that'll be right there. And then just click on it. You can listen to us for five minutes, 10 minutes. If you're driving to work, if you're coming back from work, you know, um, we had just so many different shows. I know Elliot's got his show with, uh, Joel, Joel Cade, the, the left guard. He does the Browns football philosophy and rocket science. And then you got Steve up there who does the dog pound South podcast. He brings a little non Cleveland flavor because you're down there in Nashville. So tune into our programming. We're going to be adding more programming. You guys, you and us, we were all talking off air that, you know, the season is right around the corner and we this can't weekend. wait to. Yeah. And, you know, when we get into the season, we're going to have some additional shows. We're going to have some pregame, postgame content that you're going to love. And uh, we can't wait to, to uh, get that out to you. So if you want to come to a place where you're going to get exclusive Browns content all, all day long um, with multiple contributors, not just Elliot, not just Steve, not myself. We also have the left guard. We've got Rod Bloom. Um, we've got some younger contributors too. We had Sam on last week, all the way down there in Texas. Uh, Elliot and I had an opportunity to chat with him, so we're excited. He's going to be coming on board. Okay, so uh, let's talk. Get into our training camp. Okay, so the the uh, rookies showed up yesterday. The right. seniors, the veterans, are going to be showing up tomorrow. And then my understanding is on Saturday morning they fly down to West Virginia, and they. Correct. Uh, end up at Greenbrier, which is this huge, ginormous resort. And um, other teams have practiced down there uh, for their training camps, actually. So initial thoughts of that process first. Elliot, what are you thinking uh, about? What are, you, what are you excited about seeing uh, just initially? Well, I think uh, basically you want people to stay healthy, not get hurt, not do anything really crazy. The uh, positions that I think uh, need to really be fixed uh, remains a defensive tackle. Um, I, I want to uh, 
see that they can plug the hole at defensive tackle with a platoon system. I think uh, the uh, rookie uh, Ika uh, needs to be the guy that plugs the hole on first down, and then they can bring Jordan Elliott in uh, perhaps on the later downs when Mm – they uh, don't need to have necessarily a run stopper. And I think that, you know, the platoon system, I think, could probably work because uh, uh, Ika played at a very high uh, weight in college and has slimmed down for the pros. And uh, he's about the same weight that Danny Shelton was at when he had his best year for the Browns. And in college, he played more like Danny Shelton in his rookie year when he was overweight and did not have a good year. So I want to draw that parallel that I think, well, maybe Ika yeah. will be the same way and go from, um, you know, uh, bad Danny Shelton to great Danny Shelton in the same way. Now, that, uh, that hole, uh, Elliot, for defensive tackle got a little bit bigger because Perry and Winfrey was released this week. Uh, no, I think it made things much more clear that. Uh, yeah, I do too. I do too. Never I, didn't, I didn't think he was going to make Browns. the team. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking in keeping him as long as they did. Yeah. Uh, that man needs help. He does not need professional football at this time. Uh, it was a, just a mistake to keep him on the team. But he was such a good dog service. barker. He barked that loud bark on his interview. I was totally you know, thrown off by that. You know, well, I was taken. I feel like I was taken as a Browns fan. I shouldn't, no, I shouldn't uh, fall for that. has some serious problems. Steve? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, well, I, hope that I he, can understand. I can Steve? understand why they, they rolled the dice and kept him. I'm just, unfortunately for, for uh, Perry on Winfrey. And I agree with Elliot. He needs, he needs professional help, but uh, luckily this happened prior to training camp. This happened prior to the season starting. Then we would have been a, a the Browns would have been in a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. But I know I, I the last mm-hmm. two or three 53 man rosters I've done, I didn't have them making the team. Okay. I figured this was going to happen. I, I mean, gotcha. you know, you, you can't you can't change <laughs> individual. Right. I, I understand why they they took the chance, but I also understand he wasn't going to make the team to begin with. So right. this clears up. I mean, I have heard, like I said on Monday on my show, I have heard that Jim Schwartz likes players on this defense that the fans aren't too happy with, but he right. likes them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know, you could look. Jordan Elliott's going to make the team. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of Tommy Togiai. I was when he came out of college. Sure. Just because the way he played. Well, he just got he just got married. Had. No, he just got married. But, he just eloped, and I feel happy for him. Yeah. So, so he'll be. I'm very happy now. Why? Oh, good. Yeah, hey, I know. No, he's got to wait like to, 30 years to, to play angry. I didn't want to change the subject too much, but um, I have talked on my podcast, the Johnny Cleveland Show. Um, that new quarterback show on the Netflix was fantastic. I don't know if either one of you got to watch any of it, but if you have an opportunity and you get Netflix or anybody watches it, I would strongly encourage you guys to watch it. It's good stuff. It follows uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, Cousins. and uh, uh, the Marcus Marcus Mariota. Mariota. Yes. And so just there throughout their whole season, they, they allowed people to come in and, and follow their uh, path and they have eight episodes and 
it was really good. That Kirk Cousins kid, I tell you, that kid grew up in Western Michigan in Grand Rapids area where I went to college myself. And he's such a humble, good character guy. Uh, just wonderful story. Patrick Mahomes is more that young guy, um, you know, kind of a, you know, rise. He's a star already, but very, you know, he's, he's humble in his own way. I was impressed with his, his mm-hmm. demeanor. You know, the thing about Patrick Mahomes, it just drives me nuts. And I don't know about you guys, but back in the day, when he was drafted, the Browns could have drafted him. I forget what year that was. Oh, everybody could have drafted him. Yeah, he well, went yeah. relatively late. He did. Yeah. Texas Tech. And, I mean, back then, oh, because I was living in any system quarterback. Oh, no. I was no. out there in Kansas, no, no, no. out there in the Big 12, and I saw a lot of Patrick Mahomes, and I just was like, oh, he would have been really good. Well, John um, Dorsey got fired for drafting him. So, what, you know, John, we don't need these so many quarterbacks. You're drafting too many quarterbacks. Get the get out of our team. We do not need this many quarterbacks. We already got a good quarterback. All right. So let me ask you this. Let's go. The NFL, let's the NFL the... will never adopt that air raid system. They yeah, won't be throwing about the ball. You're, all you're out of place. your mind. I mean, yeah, you're he crazy. has a strong arm, but we do not need an air raid quarterback on our team. Let's yeah. um let fired. Me... Go, go be the general manager for Cleveland. What a what a dope. Uh, next draft question. A system quarterback. While we let's <laughs> let's take a quick break. Let's just do a quick break right now. We're at about the 20 minute mark. So let's pause in for some really important commercials. These commercials are big time important Ooh. for our, our, our podcast. So we'll be I right back. Wait. This is the Fanatical Elves Network. We have our special guest, Paul Brown. Yes, the Paul Brown from England. Uh, on our show tonight. He joined us for the first five minutes from Buckingham Palace. He's going to be coming back momentarily, so we will take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about Jakur Pearson. (laughs) Okay, we are back on the Fanatical Elves Network. There you go. And let's talk about, we're going to, we're talking training camp, we're talking about also some of these other players, um, that the Browns have been bringing in from the XFL. I want to get back also to the other question I had in training camp was some of the battles besides what we already talked about with the defensive tackle, but let's start with the XFL. I know uh, Elliot, you just mentioned yeah. uh, one, one player. Yep. Yeah. I wanted to mention that they worked out a guy, very intriguing fellow from the XFL. His <coughs> name is Jakur Pearson who played for Western Kentucky. And then he transferred to the sec to play for Ole Miss now, what's interesting about him is that he led the XFL in receiving yards with eight, uh, no, excuse me, I'm not sure how many yards he had, but he was number one in the XFL. But in Western Kentucky, he had 804 receiving yards in 2019, which is a long time ago. Guy's 24 years old, wow. but he uh, hmm. clocked 4.28 in the 40-yard hmm. dash and led the XFL in receiving yards. Now, XFL... Uh, it's kind of like double A in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really that impressive of a league, mm-hmm. um, but it is organized football. And mm-hmm. I think that um, if you can do stuff like that and you can run 4.28, I think they ought to at least give you a shot at, at playing special teams, maybe even trying you out at free safety or cornerback, seeing what you can play. Uh, you know, Elliot, it seems to me that's the attribute. I want to sign him. Let's yeah, sign well, this guy. Elliot, it seems to me like as a Browns fan, when I see these other guys coming in for tryouts and XFL guys and everything we've already talked about with this 
with some of the depth that the Browns are, are getting it. I'm almost feeling like overwhelmed. Like, you know, is it ever too much? Like, you know, in your guys' opinion, your roster. So, you know, we just got rid of uh, Perry on Winfrey. You've got a yeah. roster space. Use it. Yeah. yeah. While they're, yeah. They're just doing their due diligence. You never know if you're going to need this guy because of injuries. I mean, the other guy XFL or they, they right. worked out was uh, Clarence Hicks linebacker. Yeah, uh, 6'4", 230 pounds. He runs a 4'4". Wow. And, you know, land, with la- what happened last year with all the injuries to linebacker, let's take a look at him. It doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. I agree with Elliot. You know, yeah. bring him in. We got an open right. roster spot. Yeah, right. XFL, you know, sh- you should not turn your nose up at XFL just because it's not a Power 5 conference uh, football. Um, right. You yeah. know, you get a chance to see them play in what's essentially minor leagues. And, yeah. uh, but if they can play, uh, they probably have a shot at, at uh, playing in the bigs. So, yeah, I think uh, it's it's worth it. You can probably hide them on the practice squad if you like them. Right. Exactly. And uh, I think that, um, you know, you always get a training camp surprise or two. You know, that's yeah. how we got the Ernest Johnson. Everybody said, oh, he can't possibly be any good. Oh, yes. He came from, you know, the uh, all, what do you call it? The uh, USFL? No, the Association no, the for other one. Football. Yeah. Um, yeah. The what, what? It was the... Uh, <laughs> I forgot what it stands for. The Association of Awful Football. Yeah. I just called it the Unwatchable Football League. Yeah, but, uh, anyway, it was but he was good. And, you know, he still has a career rushing average of over five yards per carry. And he's down yeah. in Jacksonville now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Browns just didn't use him last year for whatever crazy reason. What a great year, though, he had two years ago. That was just yeah, such a yeah. wonderful he's never, season He's for never him. had a bad year as long as they gave him the ball. And right. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he knows how to use his blockers. And, yes. well, okay, but he has blockers in Cleveland. So, right. you know, what the heck. But I, I think a guy that has that kind of speed, you might think about converting him to defensive back, you know, do stuff like the Patriots do and see if you can utilize some of those talents. I think speed is much more important on defense than it is on offense, but this guy did lead his his league in, um, in uh, passing or excuse me, receiving yards. Right. What the heck are you, um, are there any other battles with training camp that outside of what we've already discussed that you guys think, like the the wide receiver room and bringing in some of these extra guys. Mm-hmm. Are there any other issues? Like, are the Browns like Steve? You've put together this fifty three man roster a couple of times. Are you going with six wide receivers? Are you going with seven? Where is Hakeem Grant? Uh, is it Hakeem Grant? Is he on your final fifty three? How did you guys? Um, how do you look at that, Steve? Let's start with you on that question. Well. In the last two years, they kept five wide receivers. So I'm going six. Six. Okay. Uh, yeah, they got to carry three quarterbacks because uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to make the practice squad. They, okay. they will not be able to sneak him. So that, that's yeah. one of the things. And also Luke Whipler, the center, isn't going to be able to sneak onto the practice squad. Or Dewan Jones. He's not going to be able to sneak on the right. practice squad. Right. So – you know, it's a numbers game. I had 25. My big thing on offense isn't really wide receiver. It's guard, and it's the backup guards. Who's going to uh-huh. be it? Like I said before, I want to see if they 
practice Nick Harris at guard, and that'll okay. give him uh, the potential to have uh, four centers on the roster. So if anybody gets hurt, you don't have to go to Froholt, who never played uh-huh. center in his life. And okay. the other position, I think, is linebacker, only because of the injuries to Anthony Walker and uh, Taki Taki. I don't think Taki Taki is going to be ready for the season opener. Yeah, you I, mentioned I that on your other on podcast. Yeah, so those are the only two areas that I can see of any position battles. I mean, well, okay. third string running back. Yes, is he like on the roster talk- now, or is he coming? Or like the Joel during the preseason, the, the left guard who's not here with us tonight, but he and I know Elliot and I, we've talked to him about that topic on the third running back because are you going to go with, um, you know, Elijah Ford Moore beyond Moore, but then Elijah Moore, or is he going to be battling with D- Demetric Felton? And and can you you know so does Felton have a spot? I you probably didn't have him on your final fifty three, did you, Steve? No. I had a free agent. Okay. So, so Paul, welcome back. Uh, there we, he are, is. we are so happy to have you back. I, we've just been talking uh, about the different battles here at training camp. Some things that you're looking at going into training camp. We're talking specifically right now about what other battles we're looking at. Steve was just talking about the wide receiver competition. Possibly um, we've been talking a little bit about defensive tackle and um, so that's kind of where we left off right now. So that's where we're at. So, Paul, uh, you're just joining us. I don't, do you have some, like, specific things at, in, at camp that you're looking forward to? I know the, the veterans are returning tomorrow, and then they're taking a flight in the morning to Greenbrier, big resort there in West Virginia. And uh, so what are your th- overall take on training camp this year and then just some of the specific battles, maybe specifically to, like, players or, or positions that, that you think the Browns are going to be really, uh, really analyzing more. Yeah. I think you've all just covered it, the wide receiver room, but um, I think that's probably the easiest room. Someone for me, international doesn't make training camp. You just watch all the clips of the uh, Sean throwing the touchdowns to the players. And, you know, it's always interesting to see which wide receiver is going to be number six, number five. And uh-huh. I, I say it every year. It looks great today, but week two, you, you sometimes only got two or three wide receivers available fit, you know. So um, we, we do get very deep at this point of the year when I think sometimes it's best just to wait till September. You know, it's, it's American football. There is going to be injuries and uh, it changes the game when you have injuries. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Elliot, what do you think on, on the battles? Um, well, yeah, I, I think – the uh, for me, there is no number three running back. I think that uh, the Browns would go with only two at this point because everybody else uh, could clear waivers and could be retained on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might mm-hmm. go to another team, perhaps, but mm-hmm. really, they're extremely thin at running back. I don't really see anybody that I need to have. Uh, they could pick up somebody else from another team, yeah, for that matter. Uh, for wide receiver. Um, I have kind of uh, conflicting ideas about that. We talk about how deep they are at wide receiver. So my challenge to you is this. If the Browns are really as deep at wide receiver as we think, who could we trade and get, let's say, a number six (laughs) draft pick for? Who could we trade? Um, And certainly our our three starters – uh, Amari Cooper, or let's say we two starters, 
Yeah. Amari Cooper could be traded for a draft pick. Donald yeah. Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cedric Tillman, of course. Um, now Marquise what? Goodwin, I think, could be. Elijah Moore, probably. Maybe maybe Swartz? No, no, he could not be <laughs> traded. He would be cut, and he will he will clear waivers. Oh, yeah, uh, course, yeah. David Bell? Hmm. He was third-round pick last year, right? He was our third-round yeah. third, round, third yeah. round? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. No one's really talking about David Bell right now. He's got great hands. Yeah, yeah, but if 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 there's really a roster jam, we might trade somebody for a late round pick for next year. But I think maybe I go with seven wide receivers and only two running backs. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you can you can you know call up players from the practice squad what uh, four times during the season, I, and I the practice squad has thirteen the, players now. I think it's three. But anyway, yeah, but you're not guaranteed that you can send guys to the practice squad. They have to clear waivers. Yeah, yeah, I know. And um, I think that Boy, uh, that's going to be a heck of Bell a would not clear waivers. <laughs> Schwartz would. Um, the uh, some of these other guys. Um, I think uh, I think probably we have legitimately six guys that. Mm-hmm. wouldn't clear waivers, but I'm not sure we would get draft picks for, you know, that they're, they're good enough to make the team. Right. Not necessarily. Are we keeping three, are we keeping them three, three quarterbacks? Are we putting the, the uh, yes, the, you kid. have to keep three quarterbacks. I think the three guys that we have are really very capable. Joshua Dobbs is the number two quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, let's get serious. He is not going to be the number two quarterback coming out of training camp. Dobbs had no- a nice end of his uh, last season there playing for the Titans. That was a nice, yeah, nice run no, he's a very him. impressive guy. He is yeah. truly a good player. He isn't, is, he, isn't he a rocket scientist too? Isn't he a rocket yeah, scientist? He really like, like Elliot? Yes, he I is. He had like a 4.0 average at the University of Tennessee, Tullahoma. Those yeah. guys are really smart. Yeah. He yeah. really is a genius. He University really is. Let me ask you this. University next, Knoxville. Let me, let me switch Tullahoma gears. is where the Air Force and the Science yeah. Center is. Yeah, that's a real school. It's not. I let, know let it me, is. Let I me stick to the quarterbacks. <laughs> See, let me stick to the quarterbacks here. That I've been asked this question on some other podcasts. I was on a the uh, Pittsburgh, our, our affiliate with the Steel Curtain Network, part of Fanatical Elves Network, Fans First Sports Network. Um, this week, I was on their show that we ha- we were talking AFC North, and I was on there with a, a guy from Cincinnati. Of course, um, we don't have an affiliate for the Baltimore Ravens, but that's okay because they, you know, they they stole our we team. We don't want one. But um, yeah. in discussing the quarterback situation, you know, everyone outside of Cleveland is asking questions about Deshaun Watson. Still, they all want to know. You know, what are our, us as fans, what our expectations are. I know we've talked about this endlessly on our shows. You know, he's been rated anywhere between, you know, five and 15 or 20 in some projections as far as rankings going into the season. He had the six games. Paul, I want to start with you. I mean, you're, I want your take on, on Deshaun, what you're looking for. Um, are we going to give him some grace periods still because he's, six games in he hadn't played since 2020 wanted to know kind of your your thoughts initially on that and then get the other guys to to uh, follow up yeah i think we're all in on him so there's no um <laughs> you know the front office have have put their balls on the line for him <laughs> yes i think Absolutely. Um, 
if he does fail, then I'm afraid to say this is on the front office because yeah. it is a ballsy move uh, with his past, with his form, obviously his ability. You know, you can say he is top five caliber NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of people in the league are saying, you know, we saw him at the end of the season; he looked rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you thinking like the like I'm I'm all like thinking like the first four games for me when I look at the Browns schedule, I'm really, um, you know, the Browns with this guaranteed money for Deshaun Watson. I think that first game stretch going into the bye, which is week five, I know we have the rest of the season, but there's going to be so much pressure. The fact the Browns are playing all these all the divisional rivals in the first five weeks of the season. Um I just feel like the pressure is just going to mount. If they lose that opening week one game against the Bengals, who they're five and one against, Stefanski has a five and one record against the Bengals during the regular season, which is outstanding. Um, so I think that they could potentially win back to back opening season wins going back to last year. By the way, that's going to be our trivia question here in just a moment. I've got some uh, great, great trivia question on that. So, um, that's that's where I'm a little bit concerned. Are you concerned about that, Paul? And then I'm, I want to hear from Stephen Elliott. Not really. There's now okay. 17 games a season, and you know it's what you do before the playoffs that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, the first four or five games, let's take stress off, relax. <laughs> yeah. We may, yeah, we may win two, we may win three. It'd be great if we win five. You know, what but- if we win zero or one? <laughs> Once, honestly, once again, he needs momentum going into the playoffs. That's all that matters to me. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, my biggest fear, Paul, is that they're zero and four. They go into the bye week, and the fan base is going to come unglued, and they're going to be asking for Kevin Stefanski's head. <laughs> look, I think, and I, think I don't want that either. I don't want that. I think Kevin Stefanski's a very good coach. It's a problem in Cleveland. Like you know, we put too much pressure on the team. All that matters is at the end of the season, did we make playoffs? Did we win them games? You know, are we competing in them games? So, mm-hmm. um, for me, until it's mathematically impossible, you know, I back the team, and uh, you know, we've we've got time to, you know, let it gel mm-hmm. and let it all come together. Okay, uh, Steve, uh, Deshaun Watson, just again going into the season, and what you're looking forward to right now. I mean, what are your expectations, or what are you thinking that will things will look like initially? For Deshaun, uh, I think he ter- returns to form. He, you know, he's not going to forget how to play football. I mean, the guy coming out of college, he's a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. and uh, it, only because uh, of the system he played in, he, you know, he didn't get drafted high. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back. I'll go back when he was with the Texans in 2018. Mm-hmm. The team started 0 and 3 with oh, Washington. Okay. Okay. Then they went on a nine-game winning streak. And they ended okay. up winning the AFC South with an eleven and five record. Now that so, year you know, that they went in the playoffs, I think they lost that first round game to the Colts. Is that correct? In twenty eighteen, it was the following year in twenty nineteen that they had a good year. They played yeah, the they Chiefs. They ended up 20, 24 to zero or something in the playoff game. Yeah, and then yeah. folded. But, Sound familiar? Yes, a little uh, big bit. league against the Chiefs. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried about him. Uh, what yeah. I hear coming out of training camp, and he and Stefanski have a great 
uh, relationship. Uh, that's what you need. Um, yeah. Stefanski's already showed he can turn quarterbacks. I mean, heck, Jacoby Brissett had his best year statistically, and he's a backup quarterback. Yes. Uh, he's going to win you one, lose you two. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he made Kirk Cousins into a playoff quarterback and Speaking also of- made him a very, very wealthy man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and look what he did with Baker Mayfield second half of the 2020 season. Yeah. Elliot, so, what do you think? Deshaun? I have no problem. Yeah. Deshaun, are you, I mean, you're, you're good. I mean, you, I mean, we've talked about this a couple times in other shows. Elliot. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with um, what I've heard from Paul and from Steve. I think that, that, uh, well, number one is I'm against quarterbacks in general. I think the NFL is going through <laughs> a phase where they have for reasons unknown started to pay quarterbacks at a higher percentage of the salary cap than they have ever paid quarterbacks ever before. And uh, you can say that there's no such thing as a salary cap and body, body, body. But the point (laughs) is, is that historically the uh, quarterbacks have been paid something like 10 or 12% of the total uh, salary cap of the team. And this season they're getting paid something more like 20%. Uh, yeah. league-wide, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's too high. I think they've also decided, for whatever crazy reason, that they're not going to pay running backs as much, and I think that's a mistake. I think they've mm-hmm. just uh, collectively gone through a fad where they decided that they're just not going to pay running backs. Yeah, I think that uh, teams will realize that that's a mistake and invest in running backs, You know, get two or three of them on their team, have an average salary quarterback and they'll really get a lot of yards and do very well. Um, that, that is a good business plan. Nevertheless, I believe that the Browns will uh, do well uh, with Deshaun Watson. He will come back mm-hmm. and uh, have a good season. Okay. I don't know that he'll be top five. I don't know that they need him to be top five. I think he'll be uh, top 10. I think that the Browns' biggest gains will be on defense. I think that they've mm-hmm. upgraded their personnel substantially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing I want to point out is that in the division, what really counts is what are the other teams in the AFC North doing? And for whatever screwy reason, uh, both <laughs> Baltimore and Cincinnati decided that, well, we don't need to pay defensive backs anymore. We're just going to get rid of our veterans. I know talking to the Bengals guy, the other Elliot on my show that I was with the Pittsburgh guys, they were talking about that too, the de- defensive backs issue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think quarter, <laughs> there are going to be a lot of passing yards in the AFC North this season. Uh, just in our division, there's well, going to be a of- lot of yards quarterbacks are going to do very well wanted to ask you uh the running backs you know uh give uh, some kudos to nick chubb again we can talk about nick chubb all day here um he's number one in madden 24 he has a a score of 97 last year he started out at 96 i think he was tied for third or fourth place jumped him up in week three to 98 uh this year he's leading the pack in front of christian mccaffrey out there in San Francisco. So kudos to uh, Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's prepared to have another fantastic season. I think it's one of the highlights that I always look forward yeah. to any Browns game 
just to watch him. Paul, what are your thoughts on Nick Chubb? What do you, I'd like to know your your um, your uh, take on Nick. And for example, do you think that he? A couple questions would be: Do you think that the Browns keep Nick Chubb? Do, do they look to sign him to some sort of extension? And uh, do you think he could be a future Hall of Famer? Yes, he could be a future Hall of Famer. I can't disagree. Uh, sorry, Elliot. I think that if the if the if the market is to pay for the quarterback, then it's a market thing. You've got to pay for the quarterback if you want to go that way. And with running backs, you know, the Ernest Johnson. I wish he was still with the Browns. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having him as a second running back, you know how cheap he was. Mm-hmm. Players like that do add huge value um, to the ro- to the roster. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Nick do you think Chubb, they, Yeah, Chubb just he stay. Nick Chubb can be a, a true legend for the Cleveland Cleveland Browns without a question of a doubt. You know, yeah. uh, once again. I don't, I don't really care about Madden scores. Um, all I, care about is the I just threw that in there. I wanted to see if any of you, I know I don't care either, but I don't. <laughs> you know, so for any of us young viewers that are listening to our show, we actually, Paul, we've got this new kid named Sam. He's down there in Dallas, Texas. And we had him on last week. This kid is 15 years old, not even 16 yet. And he knows his Brown stuff. Let me tell you, Paul, I'll have to let, let give you uh, his, his contact at some point, because you, you'd love talking to this kid. Um, he, uh, he has a podcast called Brown's breakdown and he's going to be joining our network here eventually here once the season starts. And he just is really has a wealth of knowledge and loves the Browns and uh, lives there in Texas. So we uh, started chatting with him a few months ago. So, um, sounds sounds a great guy. Yes. Well, you know, Paul, I just, I noticed that not that I'm not going to change. So I, we've got a trivia question here first, but I just was out of curiosity, Paul, you've been traveling. Uh, I, we all follow, some of us here follow you and your, um, your uh, social media uh, background and stuff. You, you've had quite the, you've always had great experiences. It seems like you've always made that a part of your life. It seems like, do you want, could you expand on that a little bit about maybe wh- where you've been and uh, some things that you've done recently? Yeah, so just about the Cleveland Browns, actually. This this off-season, I don't know how you feel, but it feels a little bit quiet. And I'm Yeah, I, I like it. I'll, I'll honestly say that I'm probably not the sharpest on the depth, depth squad yet. I'm going to start getting into it now. But um, yes, th- this year's been, I don't know if it's Deshaun Watson or what, but I haven't been so over-worried about it because I think... Yeah, it is make or break the next two seasons for the front office. So um, mm. it's kind of they've got all the weapons and the pieces in the jigsaw now mm. it's for them to execute. And if you look back at like 2018, 19, we're worried about, you know, who's going to be our quarterback. We've got our quarterback. Now is, now is the time to do it and it, it doesn't matter so much what it looks like on paper, but it matters about results. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just interested well, to see how it how it how it actually pans out. I'm actually worried about sometimes the Cleveland Browns fans are like, we've got a great roster this year. Where if you look at the tackles, you know, con- uh, we've got a Pro Bowler and we've got a top ten first rounder. They've got 
they've got to step up and perform this year. And, you know, if you look on paper, it looks great. You've got two great people, but, you know, mm-hmm. really start questioning a swing tackle, you know, an injury. Can mm-hmm. our swing tackle come in and, you know, hold the O-line? The guards, centre, I think, all looks fine. But I think the tackles have to have a great year mm-hmm. as well as the Sean Watson. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, good. Can I, yeah. can I ask you a question? I have a really dumb question. Let me ask this. <laughs> no. I like dumb questions. This is so dumb. Oh, Why man. is it that the Browns appear to be seven deep at wide receiver and they're two deep at running back? Does that make any sense to anybody? I'll answer that. I think, I think as you said, the trend is running backs are getting less and less. I know we've gone all in on Nick Chubb. Sure. But, but as we're seeing in the trend, in the market of running backs, mm-hmm. um, you can get him from a practice squad and do a job. So I think mm. it's that's the least of your worries today versus 10 years ago in the uh, American football. That's the way I see it as anyway. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, but you don't even have to pay to get a number three wide, uh, number three running back. They don't have to be paid that much. You could yeah. get somebody like Dearness Johnson for not very much money, but mm-hmm. they don't have a credible. Uh, that really the number two guy. Understand? We like him. We like Jerome Ford, but he has twelve yards from scrimmage for his NFL career. 12 yards from scrimmage, and we're saying, oh, well, that's good enough to be a backup for uh, a pro bowler, a all pro and future Hall of Famer. 12 yards from scrimmage, we'll take that. And we don't need anybody else. I think- Everybody else is somebody that came off the street. We signed as an undrafted free agent, and we just don't need anybody else. So, Dearness Johnson, goodbye. We don't really need you and your 5.0 uh, yards per carry. <laughs> uh, we just really don't need anybody. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I, I would love to have. I would love us to keep the Ernest Johnson. Um, yes. You know, that was a special time. year. We talked about Paul. We were just before you came on. We actually were talking about Dearness Johnson briefly, and just what a great year that was back in 2021. You know, he. There's some great things for the Browns. But, but he's we, performed every year that the Browns give him a ball. He's never had a bad year. It's one yeah. year they used him more than the other years. But uh, they just said, well, we just don't need a number three running back. I'm sorry. Um, we don't <laughs> we, even really we, need we number two. Yeah, we Paul. have to balance it up. You know, like Nick Chubb's going to get the ball a lot. So that mm-hmm. means running back two, running back three. Let's not worry about it. Let's put all our eggs on Nick Chubb. If there's an injury mm-hmm. and that changes everything, we have to go out and... Yeah, then we're going to panic. That's a yeah. good plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they did at center last year in linebacker. They panicked. Nick Chubb. You know, they, had, they had, let's face it, they had four guys that could play center as backups that were credible. Mm. And they How lost many guys they actually have that <laughs> yeah. could play running back? Well, let me let's switch. Uh, I want to uh, throw out our trivia question, Paul. We were talking throw about this up. earlier. All right, so our, this is our dog. This is our, our dog pound trivia question. So if you know the answer, uh, speak up. But it might take a little research if you got to do a Google search here. Um, it took me a bit. 
So the Browns won last year. They beat the Carolina Panthers in Baker Mayfield. We all got excited. That was mm. only their second win since coming back to the uh, to the uh, NFL football season in 99. Um, my question is, when was the last time the Cleveland Browns won back-to-back season opening wins? What years did that happen? The last time the Browns had back-to-back season opening wins, they could be home or away, but it was they uh, so two years in a row that they won back-to-back. And I will just say it hasn't happened very often. Yeah, before my time. <laughs> there we go. Suppose yes. Now, yeah. <laughs> I was I was in them. Um, I was in Charlotte for the Caroline game. That was an amazing game. But, oh, um, wonderful! Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I, you know, I went back. So obviously, going back to '99, they've only won the two games. Do you remember the first game that they won? Yeah, Colts. They no, Which they beat Davis. the Ravens. It was it was yeah, uh, not the Colts. Yeah. I mean Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. Yeah. Okay, so they beat yeah, the Ravens. And then last year they beat Carolina, like you just said, Paul. So the last time they won back-to-back games was in. 1993 and 1994. Oh, wow. And let me give you a little background Bill here. Belichick let me just, here, let me just huh? give you some stats here. So the, you Browns fans like this. So the Browns in 70 games that they've played as uh, season openers, their overall record is 28, 41 and one tie. The tie was recently when they played the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. <laughs> I remember, remember that. Yeah. It was rainy, dreary. I brought my wife. It was just the worst. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. So since they returned, they were two twenty-one and one. There are, since be, prior to nineteen ninety-nine, the Browns are twenty-six and twenty in uh, week one uh, games. So it was ninety-three. They beat the the lowly Cincinnati Bengals twenty-seven to fourteen. Um, the following year, they uh, also beat the Bengals at, at Cincinnati uh, twenty-eight to twenty. They ended up losing um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers the following week, but then ran off a series of five wins in a row in 94 and ended up winning, going 11 and five. And they played the new England Patriots in that uh, playoff game. They got a playoff win there, but ended up playing the Steelers again and lost to the Steelers back in 90. uh, That was the 94 season. So it would have been January of 95 in that 93 season that they won. They beat 27, 20, uh, uh, 14 over the Bengals. They actually went through, they started the season at three and oh, talk about euphoria back in 93. They uh, beat the uh, San Francisco 49ers and then they went out to California and played uh, uh, the um, Mm. Oakland Raiders and beat the Raiders Hmm. um, to go start the season three and oh. So some really good years there. And obviously 95 was, you know, they started the season out well, of course, but then they, the team learned that they were going to be moved to Baltimore. So then the, the team just, uh, just faltered horribly, but yeah, 93 and 1994 was the last time. Now I didn't go back before then, but that's a long time ago. <laughs> that's 40 guys. years ago. Who, who 40 was the years quarterback ago. Them years? What now, Paul? It was a quarterback in 93. Oh yes. Yeah. Who was it? Oh, who was the quarterback? Yeah. Um, I did not. I don't know. I did not look at that. For, um, anybody know that? Probably would have been Vinny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, a for the uh, running back. Yes. Ninety-three was. Yeah. Could have been Bernie. Ninety-three might have been Bernie. I think Bernie. No, Bernie left in. But I think it was, was it Vinny Testaverde. 
Vinny Van Boom. Well, that was the other thing that was going on there because, you know, what happened then was that Bill Belichick, who was the uh, Browns coach, uh, traded Bernie. You know, that's why Bill Belichick cut him. That's why Bill Belichick is not liked uh, in Cleveland, even though he's this Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame coach. He cut Bernie Kosar. Bernie ended up going to Dallas. Is that right? The Cowboys first and then finished his career in Miami. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, one, yeah, uh, Bernie, one, Bernie was cut in 93. Yes. So, so he, he yeah, would have so started, started that game. Yeah. He would have started that season. Yeah, it would have been Bernie yeah. then in 93. In 94 was Vinny, right? I mean, all those years, Paul. It yeah, was before when, you, when but, they went to the playoffs, it was Vinny. That you know, that, those yeah. years, 86, 87, 88, 89, every one of those years. Well, with the exception of the 88 or – it was 86 that they had a really good year. 87, they yeah. had a good year. Bernie, Bernie was a starter for 93. Okay. And then um, the next season would have been uh, Vinny, I believe. Vinny, bam, boom. Okay. Um, let's switch gears to our uh, – don't know, Elliot, I didn't ask you this before the show started. Steeler joke time. Do we have a Steeler joke uh, tonight? Well, we do have a Steeler joke ah, time. Paul, this is classic. Elliot has the greatest Steeler jokes he every week, if you ever listen to our show, uh, he has some of the classics. And uh, so, Ellie, you got a good one tonight? Yeah, yeah. I found a story from a guy who had uh, Uncle Pete, who was a, a <laughs> resident of Pennsylvania. Uncle Pete was mm-hmm. Jewish, but he was kind Boy, of an atheist. He was not really a devout Jew. But when he was 85 years old, he started to worry about it a little bit and thought that maybe he should get some religion and. You know, maybe there might be some heaven. And so he, you know, wasn't sure whether he was going to make it or not. So we went to his rabbi and rabbi told him, well, Pete, I don't want you picking Judaism just because it's the only religion that you know about. So I want you to go out and take a look at all the other religions or at least some of them and uh, just just see what what's out there. And so he says, gosh, I don't know that much about religion. So he goes to the Catholic Church and finds a priest and says, Father, I'd like to become a Catholic. Can you help me? So the priest says, well, I don't know. But all right. Well, if you want to be a Catholic, tell me. Where was Jesus born? So Uncle Pete stops thinks. I don't know. He says, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? Get out of my sight and come back when you're serious. So, well, okay, that's the wrong answer. So he goes across the street to the Methodist and gets the same routine. Where is Jesus born, asked the minister. And so, oh, hell, I don't know, thinks Uncle Pete. So he knows Pittsburgh's not the right answer. So he says, (laughs) Philadelphia, yes. For goodness sake, that's not the right answer. You're not even serious. I can't help you. So he kicks him out of the Methodist church. And so now, totally defeated, he returns to the rabbi and says, he's had his fill of the other religions, and he'd like to be a Jew. He says, okay, says the rabbi, we'll get started right away. So Uncle Pete says, so you don't want to know where Jesus was born? No, no, says the rabbi. That doesn't matter to me. And so then Uncle Pete said, well, just for my own knowledge, where was Jesus born, really? Bethlehem, says rabbi. Bethlehem, says Pete. 
I knew he was born in Pennsylvania somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. Yeah. So, Paul, we finish our show with any, any last sort of um, tell us something uh, about the brownies that we might not know and um, kind of go around the group if anybody has anything extra to say. And, again, before I uh, let you do that, I just want to, again, share share out again how thankful we are to have you tonight on our program and you are an international cleveland browns fan that we just adore and i i I think you probably know that maybe but um it is somebody you are somebody that everybody and uh you might not realize the, the impact that that you have on us here who are interviewing you personally because we we do follow you on your social media um uh base and uh we know what a what a love you have for the cleveland browns so yeah i'm, I'm coming out to uh cleveland for the week one and week two mm-hmm. so um i'm looking forward to um i actually flying to pittsburgh sorry but um I, so I think i you said that somewhere and i was like oh man well you get british airways right they have british a airways flight. Flight. yeah yeah sure that makes perfect sense yeah it does but it doesn't mentally yeah. um, <laughs> well don't tell anybody but pittsburgh's actually we uh, I say this all Definitely the time. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh, the city itself is. I, I love the city. It's great. Oh, right. Yeah, we we, we respect Pittsburgh, even though we make fun of them. All right. Um, <laughs> name name one good thing about Pittsburgh. Nothing. Um, <laughs> honestly, well, you're you flying know. into the airport, so you gotta you gotta at least you know land there, and you know hopefully that'll be you know. Well, the, no. the airport's on the I right side. I want you to land safely, Paul. You know, you, you don't have to drive through the city to. Uh, to no, it's get on the Cleveland. outskirts. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think their sandwiches are shit. To be honest, the um, <laughs> honestly, love it. There's nothing, there's nothing nice about the city. Uh, the, only, the only nice thing about the city is the walkway along the river. I think is quite nice. Okay. 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 Yeah, it's got there some really go. dramatic views, you know, from but 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 the, but the sandwiches are shit. So like you've tried the you you've tried the the one famous sandwich shop where they put the French fries on the sandwiches. What well, whatever. Permati Brothers. Permati Brothers. Yeah, yeah brothers, where they stack brothers. everything and they put a bunch of fries on yeah. top of it with some well, coleslaw. I, I, I worship those guys. I love that stuff. Come on, guys. <laughs> but it's shit. Come on, Paul. That's better. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Look. <laughs> I, I tried the, the like they said, oh, the, the the best burgers in America, very average. Um, okay. Honestly, the th- is it three rivers meet in one place? Is that yes. Nice? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's nice. Okay, that's the only thing nice about the city. It's cold. It's windy. That's it. Right, and their fans and you, suck. You, you can't it's drive good. through Pittsburgh because of the three rivers. Yeah, everything goes funnels through downtown which is really yeah cool. but i'll tell you what yeah, corned beef just, sandwiches in cleveland are the best the drive into pittsburgh is quite nice you come yeah. over the hills and everything that's, that's yeah. quite nice but um, so you're flying to pittsburgh you're gonna be here for the first couple weeks of the I'm season i'm then gonna get straight to cleveland second i land i'm going to cleveland great uh, i'll come friday i'll probably go a higher state saturday oh, that's okay yep there we go and then i'll Go out drinking Saturday night for my sins Saturday night, and then seven. Well, you, hey, Paul, are you going to be down here in Columbus? 
I think I will come for the Ohio State game if I get a ticket. So. You know, I, I live down here in Columbus, so if you go out, I might need to hook up, uh, you know, catch up with everybody there. So. That'd be good. And then from – how far is Pittsburgh to Columbus, is it? About two and a half, three hours. About three hours, right, Elliot? It makes, it uh, makes more yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. Just I'll under three – Probably about three hours or less. I'll, yeah. I'll probably do this. I'll probably go Pittsburgh to Cleveland, Cleveland to Columbus. The German, the German breakfast place I like. Oh, yeah. The German village down there. No, oh, yeah. The Germans. Something. Uh, yeah. That's a German. It's in, is it in German village? It's like a restaurant there. On the way down to Columbus. I always stop there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking breakfast uh, yeah. at a German place? Yeah. Well, that, that would have to be. Um, the Germans, uh, uh, the sausage place. Um, yeah, the sausage place. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of it right I'll now. There. Okay. Ohio State, and then I'll come back up. Probably when you go to breakfast, Paul. That would be better because I'm. I, I got you know. Maybe I'll meet you over there for breakfast. That that Amish, Amish stuff is amazing. Love it. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then you're gonna go from there, you're gonna go over to Pittsburgh. Schmidt, Schmidt's restaurant. Schmidt's right? yeah. Schmidt's. Is yes. that the name of there it? There you go. Schmidt's. And their their Dutchman uh is uh Der Dutchman. Der Dutchman. Oh, you're gonna go to Der Dutchman? Yeah. Oh, outside of Columbus. Oh, that's that's yeah, a great spot. Yeah. On the way down, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm gonna I'm you let me know when you're there because I will come up and meet you. That's a great spot. And then um probably Tremont downtown. Yes. On Saturday night, seven o'clock religiously, I'll be in Muni lot helping setting the guys up with their tailgating, and then um, I'll sleep Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, yes. Before we go here, Elliot or Steve, any last thoughts before we uh, say goodbye to everybody? Yeah, I think that the Browns should trade a wide receiver for a real. Uh, running back. Okay. How about that? Okay. It, it, it makes sense. All right. More depth in the running back room. What about Delvin Cook? No, he's a free agent. No, he's, no, he's a free agent. agent. We can't afford him, but yeah. can't afford he him. was uh, he is worthy. You should have two running backs, not one running back and run him into the ground. That's a bad plan. <laughs> Steve, final thought. I am uh, on defense veteran defensive tackle watch. Okay. I want Matt Ioannidis. He is perfect. Yes. Shelby uh, Harris, is, Shelby Harris can, is still out there. Uh, I want Matt Ioannidis. He can bring okay. pressure and he can stop the run. He'll okay. be a great rotational guy. And he's a veteran. In his 30s, a veteran. And he plays well. So that's that's what I'm looking for. I, I, that, I've, all, I've wanted him since before the season, yes. the preseason even started. The, the, the season started, the signing period. I... I love this guy. Great addition. If he guys appreciate y'all being here tonight. Thank you so much, Paul, for being here. It was fantastic with your intro in front of Buckingham palace of all places. That's something I will not ever forget. Sorry. Sorry. My mic was bad, but yeah, no, Paul, I love the starter jacket. I love your, your Brown stuff. You're always, you know, good luck. uh, Best wishes on your travels here. Stay in touch. We'd love to stay in touch with you. And uh, talk to you hopefully soon. Uh, Steve and Elliot, thank you so much for being here. Part of the Fanatical Elves uh, show. They're great contributors to our new Fanatical Elves network. Again, like I said earlier, you can download us, 
uh, follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify. Follow, you know, follow, follow. Follow, follow, follow. No, we are, no, are no, gaining. No, 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 Paul, we're up 70% on our downloads just in this last month compared to last year. So we're really excited to be part of the Fans First Sports what's Network. Your, um, what's your podcast strategy for the year? Are you doing a show twice a week, three times a week? We do. We have about seven or eight shows right now that we're doing every week, Paul. Yeah. We have a, oh. a variety of shows and we're adding shows. Daily. Season. Yep. Yep. We yep. got a daily. Yep. We're doing it. Um, I'll tell you, Paul, I know you don't like to hear this, but the guy, the affiliates in, in Pittsburgh, um, the, the, this group, the fans first sports network. And I've talked about this before. They were part of SB nation, which was part of Fox sports um, in the past. And they uh, dissolved their podcasting, but many of those affiliates stayed together and the group from Pittsburgh, the group from San Francisco, um, they, uh, are spearheading this and we started our podcasting, what late March, first part of April here for the Cleveland affiliates, they contacted us. And so we've added some great shows. Steve's got his own show, show the dog pound South podcast, Elliot. He's got a show with, uh, the, the left guard, Joel Cade. It's called the, uh, uh Brown's football philosophy and rocket science. And, uh, also he does the, uh, what the elf was that show. And uh, I've got my Johnny Cleveland podcast still that you were part of before. And I've added, uh, Paul, we've added a stadium mustard show that we talk about food and uh, more food. And we're trying to interview some uh, chefs down there and some restaurants in Cleveland and introducing some different recipes. So uh, we're doing it every day of the week. Yeah. So if you could spread the love, Paul, if you know anybody, you know, to have them tune in to our, our network, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, um, I met Stadium Mustard in London. Really? Yeah, we were in the pub, so uh, it gave me loads <laughs> of T-shirts and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! Awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Have a great night, and thanks again for tuning in to the Fanatical Elves Network. Thank you, Paul Brown, all the way from England, being our special guest tonight. Everybody, take care. Go Browns! Go Browns! Go Browns.